Good morning, Tatooine. I know what you're wondering. Why didn't I start out with saying hello there like I always do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about for a quick minute here. So, over these last couple months, we've to I, to I told you guys to take a break. Wait till Kenobi came out. And Kenobi is now out. So we are back for Season 3. Except we are not now this is podcasting anymore. Instead, we are Good Morning Tatooine. So we changed the name. Uh, did a whole new logo revamp. You can check that out on the socials. But that's what we're rolling with for now. Um, I think for me it was just a better name. It was a little bit more unique. And I just think it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. And now I get to start you know, every episode by coming into the mic and screaming good morning Tatooine. So how can you beat that, right? Maybe, maybe I'm just going to have too much fun with that. Maybe you guys will like it. I don't know. But we're back for Season 3, Episode 1. My life has been crazy right now. I won't get too much into it, but I basically got just got done moving out of home, working two jobs, just finished one of them. Um, so there's really been no free time. I've barely been able to make the TikToks. But, hey, I think last time I checked in with you guys, I was pretty hesitant on the TikToks. I've totally fallen in love with it if you've caught up with me there. I hope you find me funny. I hope you're really either laughing at me or with me. And either way, that is a win in my book. So please go follow the TikTok. All the socials now are going to be Good Morning Tatooine, GM Tatooine. That's going to be all the handles for all three, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So I highly recommend if you find me entertaining at all on this podcast, you should follow me on TikTok as well because you will get your laughs there. We got a good episode here. Um... I brought in one of my best friends, Billy, who also helped me work on the logo. He did a fantastic job with it. I hope you guys like that when you get to see that as well. But we're going to talk about basically the first two episodes of Kenobi. And we're going to dive deep into some pretty specific stuff, whether it be theories, thoughts on it. And again, I won't get too far into it until you know we bring Billy in here. But love the first two episodes just as a short overview and definitely some theories to be gone i know that's a popular thing here with this show is my uh, hot takes and theories and stuff like that so we will dive into a couple of those as well i want to thank everybody for tuning in and coming back for season three if you're listening to this any new people welcome uh happy to have you and um as always you know if you guys want me to talk about something specific you want to possibly come on the show don't be afraid to dm any of the socials and I will get back to you as well. Even if you just want to talk Star Wars, I'm completely okay with that. I, w I could talk Kenobi. As you can see, I talked Kenobi for about an hour this episode. So that could be extended way beyond that. I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to actually have a little bit of free time. The plan is, to, like we did for Book of Boba Fett, is to just record an episode every time a new Kenobi episode comes out. So you're looking at hopefully one a week. You're getting about a double with this one. Hence why it's an, almost an hour and 10 minutes long. You get two episodes in. And it's the start of a season. New logo, new name for the show. It's exciting times here for me. TikTok's getting some followers. We got to do a little catching up on Instagram, though. So help me out there, guys. But um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys enjoy the return of the show. Let me know what you think You know about the episode, the logo, whatever i love to hear from you guys and when i do it really does warm my heart uh that you guys are listening and you're enjoying the content so without further ado here is season three episode one talking about the first two episodes of kenobi and you know i probably shouldn't have to say this but spoilers obviously 
If you haven't watched the first two episodes of Kenobi, do not listen to this podcast yet. Wait till you watch the first two episodes. So, Billy, we are finally here. Kenobi is out, and I want to start with episode one. And You, you sure? Know, I usually start with episode two when I review listen, things. Listen, you don't have to come back if you're going to be a wise ass. <laughs> <I d- laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so let's start with episode one. And, you know, just kind of a broad take on it before we really dive into it is that me and you usually never agree on anything, right? Never. When it comes to, like, movies and TVs. But no. we are in, I believe, agreement for these first two episodes for the most part. Yeah. So uh, let's dive into that. And just tell me, you know, someone who's very, you know, into the production side of things, into the art of it. Let's start there. Why, why did this show please you in that way well i just something what i'll say right off the bat is that i think that the show goes in a different direction than star wars has previously and it's kind of what was promised i think by deborah chow beforehand that it's more of like something like logan and it's not quite there yet but it's a character study which is exactly what i would kind of hope for in a production like this and it's more about, like, Obi-Wan as a person and the things he's going through at that time. And that's kind of important for, like, our understanding of him. And, like, it makes sense to do that right now after everything that he's been through. So I think that it's, like, a cool artistic direction to take Star Wars a little bit differently. Um, of course, everything that they shoot looks great. Like, these the sets that they're using for production now with the giant video screen walls is just amazing. And it always looks great. And, like, everything about it is, like, fun and engaging. So, like, I just think, like, on, like, a side of, like, the way they're choosing to tell the story is really good. The only issue I have, and we didn't talk about this, so okay. you might be upset about this, but is that I was thinking about it, like, a day after I watched it, and I was like, this is another show about a Star Wars person who has to go save some kid who's really strong with the Force, and then they have to, like, keep them safe for the duration of the show. Which is exactly what Mandalorian is. Well... And it's not that I have an issue with it, but it is like, okay, like, I get the formula here. We don't know if they're necessarily going to go in that direction either, right? Like, well, I we, mean, he's, he, it's kind of it, about It looks like it, but the whole, you know, thing with the trailer was we thought it was going to be all about Luke. Well, yeah. We all did. And they really threw a misdirection in there by throwing Leia in there. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the direction they're going to go. But it's funny you bring up the Mandalorian comparison because I've been seeing people bringing up the last Jedi comparison to this show. I get that too. And, and I think you're one of the perfect people to talk about this with that I know because I saw it and I was like, what? Like what comparison? And, and when you kind of think about it, not like the movie in general, right? What the whole movie is trying to do, mm-hmm. but specifically what they were trying to do with Luke is where that, I think that comparison comes in where you have a, a guy who helped people. He was a good. He, you never ever see him trying to do bad or not helping people. Mm-hmm. And you see him almost become more human, realistic, where he, right. he has his dark times too. And say what you want about what you like about uh, if you like that or not in episode eight. Um, I think a lot of you loyal listeners know that. Like I always say, I like all the movies. Um, eight definitely wasn't one of my favorites. But... Luke had nothing to do with why that wasn't one of my favorites. So I, I think I, I had no problem with how they handled Luke in that movie. Right. So 
seeing it kind of with Kenobi now and then seeing that comparison I thought was interesting and I just kind of wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I'll say it. I I don't even remember. I might have been on for the episode 8, but we've talked about it so much that it's hard for me to remember whether or not I was for the actual episode. But um, for me, episode 8's a mess in a bunch of ways. Luke isn't one of them. I think creating a character who's like a cynic from someone who was like ultimately positive makes sense and like there's no reason for him not to be cynical after everything he's been through as a character so it makes sense for both of them to be in that spot and I think it's fun to watch like Obi-Wan kind of have to like get his footing again because there's never really been a time when we've been with that character and he hasn't seemed like sure of himself like pessimistic or half empty when you meet him for the first time and I'll say the first time in episode 4 like he's not like necessarily sure about whether or not he wants to train Luke but he is very like you know he's like a Jedi you know he's powerful you know he's strong with everything and you know like if he does decide to do it he'll be fine in the same vein and when you meet him again in episode one he's the same person like we don't see him go through like much hardship in like the way of having to train better or like he's always a pretty confident person he's got his shit together and then, like, bad things happen around him that force him to adjust. And, like, now he's in this position where, like, he's been through so much that it's like, well, how am I, how is he supposed to continue on just being, like, confident and brash? And I kind of like the idea of him right now where he's, like, actively, like, didn't want to go on this mission to save Leia because he's like, I literally am not capable of doing that anymore. I'm not the person I used to be, and I'm not... I'm not gonna do that. Like, and he's just trying to stick with this normal life he's found. He's sending away people. Like, I I think that that's such a cool direction to take his character because, realistically, like, what else would he be doing right now, other than being that way? Like, he wouldn't still be. He wouldn't just sit on that planet for years and just be like, hell yeah, dog, this is sick. <laughs> I love it. No one goes to Tatooine for vacation. Right. right? Um. But yeah, I mean. Compar- that comparison there was interesting and you brought it up when you first started uh, talking there was that you know you didn't have a problem with Luke either uh, right. I know that is the big problem with a lot of people for that movie but uh, if you want to hear me talk about that you can listen to um, the Last Jedi episode I don't want to dive too much into that but we see Kenobi do something we thought we never would see him see like on screen is that he denies mm-hmm. the help yeah, he de- de- denies to help that Jedi, that asks him for help. Like, like, what are you doing out here? Please help me. He says the fight's over. We lost. And like those words right there, I think really personify like how he feels about himself right now. No, he's he- lost. He can't. He can't. We've seen he can't connect with Qui Gon yet. Hopefully. Well, is we is that an issue with him as a Jedi, or is it an issue with? Qui-Gon is like the decisions that Qui-Gon made as a Jedi. Well, because I thought that was always like a thing that like Qui-Gon couldn't. The end of episode three. So Qui-Gon never finished his training per se to, when I say his training, I mean his connection with the force. So where he could be a force ghost, he never finished that. So he's always just been, you know, in the Clone Wars series, he's been a voice in the force. He's never been a physical form because he never finished that training. Uh, But he reached out to Yoda in the Clone Wars and, and talk to him. And that's why at the end of episode three, Yoda says to Kenobi, I have more training for you to do your old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. And he wants him to connect with him. But, you know, it could be, like you said, partially that Qui-Gon 
is just not finished with his training and he's not right. be able to take that physical form and he's only a voice. But I, I think from at least from what we've seen in the first two episodes is that it's more of a Kenobi has a, is disconnected from the Force. He's denied it. He's cut off, you know, from it. Because like when even when I jump in ahead to episode two, when he goes to catch Leia, catch Leia, it's he's struggling a lot. He's yeah. struggling. I think he's just he's totally disconnected from the Force, um, and he just needs to get that relationship back with it because the force is, is te- like you know technically a living thing it's, it's in, in every living thing in the universe it's you know that whole part of it too so i think he's just disconnected from it and he needs to i guess accept what's been happened and that kind of thing where he has personal issues he has to deal with first before he the force is gonna really come back to him and let him communicate with qui-gon which i think we will see by the end of the show mm-hmm. and i think it's going to be a very interesting and big part of it is that it's about his personal growth to get to where he needs to be to be okay, I guess, mentally. Um, no, yeah, I agree. And I, I think that it's I think that it's definitely interesting and I think like it's this fun roadblock they're creating for him because like it's a problem that's not necessarily entirely his own in like what we're saying with it, but also like he has no way of knowing that, so he has to sit here and kind of just wallow in the fact that like he's not necessarily good enough. And that might be part of the reason why he's disconnected from the Force, because even after everything, like, there's probably, like, a bit of hope in him to, like, go and sit and watch Luke and take care of him. That, like, but then, like, when you realize that when he can't connect with his old master and, like, try and seek that advice that he needs, like, whether it be on him or on Qui-Gon, now he's only created another roadblock on himself in that line. I think that's just part of that really great character movement that they're going for here. I think that, honestly, like, that scene where he's, like, sleeping and he shoots up and he, he tries to talk to Qui-Gon is, like, one of my favorites of the first two episodes just because it's, like, it's so, like, it, it perfectly personifies exactly what he's going through and how that will, like, what they're setting up for him to go through throughout the show. And I think that they, like, they touch on that really well. I think that they incorporate, like, him being Ben really well as, like, him denying his Jedi name or... And I, I just think that those things are really, really interesting for the character. I mean, there's so much pressure coming into this show, right? On Chow to like nail this because it's probably I don't I I think it's fair to say that this is this was was and slash is the most highly anticipated Star Wars project of the last twenty years. Yeah, no, no doubt. Like, I, I mean, I guess last twenty years. The you sequels could, you were could say pretty... The, you could say The Phantom Menace, too, technically. Cause, oh, could you? Because think about it. Well, 20 years. What are we, in 2022? Yeah. So 12, 2002. So no, Fan, uh, Phantom Menace was like, would be tw- fall number the 25. It yeah. just missed the 20-year mark there. But I say that because with The Phantom Menace, like, you were just about to bring up the sequels, right? Right. About the amount of hype that was around when Episode 7 was coming out. It's the same thing with episode one. Like, no matter what you right. think about episode one, no, no, think no, about I, the I get, hype before yeah. the movie. You know what I mean? No, and I finally that. coming back years later. Um, so maybe maybe from that standpoint, yes. Because there was a lot of hype. I mean, even episode seven for me, I've talked about this, is that it really brought me back into Star Wars when they were mm-hmm. going to make episode seven. I'm forever thankful for that. And just bringing that into the mainstream culture, which, I'm, as you know, I've wrote a whole 15-page thesis paper about it in college. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe I'm speaking too personal there when I say it's it's a highly most anticipated. But 
either way, a highly anticipated Star Wars project that fans, you know, are split more than ever now. Mando brought us together a lot. I feel like it started bringing us back in. Boba split us again. A lot of people didn't <laughs> like Boba. Um, so it's just there's so much importance on this show. And it's so easy for them to disappoint in this show. But for me, there there really wasn't anything to be disappointed with the first two episodes. And I'm very happy about that. I, I like it so much. Yeah, as someone who's a little bit more critical than you, especially on Star Wars, um, I'll say that the I only really had two issues with it. And I already talked about one, and it was the the idea of it being another like story similar to the Mandalorian with like the dynamic between Leia and Obi-Wan. The other thing that I didn't necessarily like, and it was important to set up parts of the story so I'll allow it, but I don't like what it means for the rest of Star Wars universe like lore and stuff, is the beginning of the show, like the very beginning of the show, when they like show like the six younglings get out together. And I was like, every single time they make a piece of Star Wars media. Star Wars 66 more and more people escape Order 66. And I'm like, this is... Well, respectfully... We don't know they escaped. Well, I'm just saying... Well, because I think the implication is that one of those six kids was the one who comes. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. And but. Which I'm sure... Yeah, I won't take it away from you. But what I want to say, just in regards to that, is respectfully... Anakin did a pretty bad genocide <laughs> if more kids get out every single time, dude. Like, every time. Yoda got out. I imagine we're going to get Cal Kestis in the lore eventually. Like, more in proper Star Wars media eventually. So he got out. And then we have these other kids. And you know that, like, it's going to be a constant narrative device that they're going to use in some way. Because it's interesting and it's fun to see those stories, like, that's adjacent to it. But it's like... I don't know what... Like, I, I want them to at least establish for me... Because I'm not someone who does anything outside of watching the movies. So, like, maybe something I should have gotten in a book somewhere. How big was the order that makes it possible for this many people to get out and, like, make it make sense? Because, like, this is the eradication of the Jedi. Yeah. We're supposed to believe Luke, after, after Ben dies, is the last Jedi. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I totally see where you're pulling from, and... You bring up a good point. Like, what's that number? How ma how many Jedi right. were in the universe at that time? Right. Like. Right. Because you got to think, it wasn't only the temple. Right. It Jedi was were stretched across the universe within the outer rim. I mean, look at Cal. Cal was on a ship with his master. He wasn't in the temple. Right. So he escaped that way. Guys like Quinlan Voss, they, you know, from what we know from the books and stuff, is that he wasn't in the temple. He just was in the outer rim and he escaped. Mm -hmm. So, I you got to think at least from the information I know, and I'm curious if there is a number on that. If there is, I doubt it's canon, right. but you got to think that there's a lot of them, right? And a lot of them were not in the temple at the time. A lot of them were in the outer rim on missions and stuff. So, for them to escape, I think is more realistic. Um, right. And I, I think. When you take the whole grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, you're saying like a lot of these people escape. It's still probably only like five to ten percent of the Jedi got away. No, you got to think like like ninety percent of them were still slaughtered. No, I get that. There's going like, to be survivors, you know. I think I don't think that's too unrealistic. But if that, they keep milking that, I, think, I it does get to for a me. Point. The idea that would be better, and they kind of touch upon it in the Last Jedi very briefly at the end with like the little room scene that everyone did not like. <laughs> 
but I didn't. I I had I cared about. It. I liked that. Where it was like, well, like they've already established this idea that the force is like it exists in everyone. So like, regardless of what you do to eradicate the Jedi, more people are gonna come out who are sensitive with the force. And those people, especially at this time, are probably going to still have some sort of con- like not connection to the Jedi Order, but feeling about it and know about it enough to want to go and find Obi Wan Kenobi. So, like, realistically, they didn't need to make this kid... They didn't need to make Benny Safdie's character a survivor of Order 66. He could have just been someone with Force powers who, like, went out to find answers about what he was doing and, like, try and find a direction because clearly, like, he doesn't support the Empire, but he doesn't have anywhere else to go because the Jedi are around. Well, there's no... I mean, how do you know he survived Order 66? Because he had a lightsaber, so how else would he have been able to survive Order sixty six and get like not well, do it and get a lightsaber? I'm saying maybe I maybe let me rephrase that. How do you know he he may not have been in the temple at the time? No, he but you know what, like you, Cal, where you know what I'm saying room. though. Like I'm saying like if he were to just be naturally born with force power and he just like has a connection to the force and he's trying to find answers on it, I think that that's a more interesting story that they don't tell than like someone who was like directly connected to the order. Yeah, I mean. It goes back to the thing is like, what is the nine movies about? Is it about the Skywalkers or is it about the Force? It comes down to it. I think it's more about the Skywalkers. I do too. And it, yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like, why does everyone have to come Again, from? It's not. It's not. Why can't theme. someone find their journey of the Force? Because all living beings are supposed to be able to wield the Force. You right. can't just. You don't have to be born from someone who's a Force wielder. And that's what I'm saying, like, why I thought it would be cool, especially to do it in Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan is an adjacent character to the Skywalkers. Like, he's related to them in the sense where, like, he was, he, Anakin's master, and, like, eventually Luke's, but, like, he's not, like, family. He's not blood-related. So, like, if, if you're gonna introduce characters in a way that are just, like, going on their own Force journey, doing it through him would be a reasonable enough way I think because he's a character who did he's not someone who's related to them like his success as a Jedi and his life does not rely on Anakin like because he was already a Jedi before Anakin was um but like again it's not like a super big issue it's just I really do hope that they that Star Wars like starts to venture out into like these new areas and I think with Taika Waititi's movie coming up that'll definitely start to happen they're more. moving out of the like, they're definitely song. moving out of it That's and they're the going into new things but like I just I, I do I have high hopes for it and like I I just want to see them start to go into like new things and maybe get some High Republic stuff or maybe like way distant future stuff whatever it is like I'm excited to see what they go with well the Acolyte which is coming eventually is going to be the first show out of the Skywalker saga it's going to be 100 years before episode 1 and it's going to be about the Sith apparently Okay. That, that's what we hear, um, and Kathleen Kennedy has said like, that's she wants that to kind of be the start of, out of the Skywalker saga, and I'm I'm all for moving away from it at this point. They're kind of exhausting, yeah. as much story as they can out of it, which I'll always take more. Um, I know you, but I I you know you start new. You have a hundred years before you can do like you said the High Republic. You can do after There's, the limits are. No, yeah, I think there's um, a lot of different directions they yeah. could go. But uh, you, you said, you know, you were talking about this plot theory of, you know, Kenobi helping someone who's Force-sensitive and doesn't know their way. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, again, kind of be like Mando, though? But again, Baby Yoda, Grogu, 
Excuse me, I'm sorry. But he's not he's not actually Yoda's kid. But Grogu survived Order 66 in the temple. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I still think he would be a father figure to that person that you are talking about. No, I, I know. I get what you're saying. Like, I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to meet people who are separate from the Jedi temple. Yeah. I want to meet people who are separate from, like, the Jedi as, like, a institution or religion, like, whatever you want to identify it as. Like, I want to meet people who are, like, just kind of experiencing the Force in their own. And, like, I really think it would be cool if we just got a Jedi story of someone who was, like, experiencing the Force and they're just drawn to a planet where they happen to, like, find a kyber crystal. Yeah. And they just, like, go on, like, this, like, semi-epic and you don't, they don't even get their lightsaber till the very end. Like, <laughs> nothing. You know, you know what you're talking about right now, right? What? Rebels. Okay. That's basically the storyline of Rebels. So, That's, uh, let me, let me exactly. just give you a quick overview of that. Is that Kanan is a... It, he escaped Order 66 when he was in the Outer Rim as a kid. Mm-hmm. His master died to the clones. He got away. He left, you know, the Force and stuff behind. He joined a crew that, like, just robbed the Empire and stuff and, like, you know, like, kind of, like, like, be pirates and stuff like yeah, that. They vibe. And then they ran into this kid on the fall named Ezra who was, who showed Force-sensitive, who was trying to rob them. Mm-hmm. And then he asked him to join the crew. And when he realized he was Force-sensitive, he said, I'll train you in the ways of the Force. And then you talk about, like, the planet. Like, he goes to Lothal. It calls him. He gets a kyber crystal there. You would like... I think you would like Rebels. The way, okay. you, just, the way you just explained that. I'll check it out. Like, I just... For me, like, I think that that's such a more interesting way to, like... Start branching out into new stuff. Yeah. And I, it sounds like that's the plan within the next year or two. I think so, I think too. it sounds like that's the plan. I don't know what his movie is going to be about. But right. uh, it's been approved. Okay. He's, he's officially getting it. Um, but let's talk about, I know we got a little off track there. Let's talk about, we were talking about the, the Order 66 scene, right? Yeah. And I think this needs a little clarification for a lot of people. Because a lot of people ask me about this. Like, what's going on with this? And basically, in episode two, like, we find out that Reva, the Inquisitor, she knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. And people, you know, fans are like, well, like, how does she know that? Because, like, mm-hmm. from what we know in the comics and stuff... He didn't want anyone knowing he was Anakin. Like, he would kill right. people when they found out. Right. Like, his Inquisitors and stuff. So, what's going on there? Are we throwing that out the window? Or is there something else to it? And I do think there's something else to it. So, you started that conversation with saying, she's one of those kids that survived, right? Mm-hmm. Six. She was one of the kids in the group. I think she mm-hmm. was the, the girl that said, now we run away. Let's run away. Right. I think that was her. Now, what happens after that could be a couple things. What, what I think my interpretation was, was that... She saw Anakin mm-hmm. storming the castle. Castle. Storming the temple. Um, so that's how she knows who he is. Right. And I think she's doing all this to gain his favor. But not with his knowledge. Like, I don't think he knows that she knows. I think she's doing all of this trying to get him Kenobi so she can get his favor. Does that make sense? It totally makes yeah. sense. I don't disagree at all. The other one I saw, this wasn't my theory, I saw mm-hmm. this on Twitter, was, I want you to know what you think about this one, was that similar to mine where it's like, that's her, which I think is pretty obvious that she's one of the kids there, mm-hmm. but that she wasn't saved because of Kenobi's message, and that's why she hates Kenobi. What was Kenobi's message? 
I have a message for all remaining Jedi. Please do not come to the temple. Those days are over. Right, okay. You remember and he yeah. changes the message because yeah. they're trying to trap people to come back in? Yeah. Remember in episode three, him and Yoda go in and just yop all the clones and yeah. change the message out to help people not to come back to the okay. temple? So another theory I read on Twitter was that, was that she was hiding there and no one came back because of that message. So that's why she hates Kenobi. Right. I kind of like mine better. I think it makes a little bit more sense. But that was there's a couple theories going on out there. It could be nothing, too. It could be that they just know and she just wants to, you know... But I, right. I think it's more of a Vader doesn't know that she knows he's Anakin. Well, I think it depends. How long after episode three is this? Ten years. Ten years after episode three. So the Inquisitors have been in action for a while now. Yeah, I mean, you got to think at least probably at least five. I don't know how right. long it took to get that program so, going, but. No, I mean, like, yeah, it's not exactly like a, a daycare kind of thing. Yeah. They just kind of show up. But, like. I'm going to go ahead and assume that we're going to watch her get absolutely mollywhopped in the next episode. She's going to get whopped by Vader. Like, no, it's not even, like, it's not going to be, like, an end of the season. Like, she's going to die in the next two episodes. We'll see the Grand Inquisitor come back in some capacity. Well, that's another like, point we got to bring we'll, up. We'll talk about that soon, but I think that, like, it'll probably be explained as, like, in some hubris, Vader overlooked this, and in his shame, he makes sure no one else can ever know who he is ever again and then you know kills her and then goes from there but like i i think that what they're they're probably just gonna use it as like it was like something he overlooked and that will establish like him making sure no one knows that Darth another Vader step into the full dark tale by right. doing that by not letting her live right exactly yeah and like we know he's a brutal guy like yeah. i'm sure he's gonna kill her no problem but like I think that that is the direction that this is going to happen. I don't think we're going to see her go through an entire season and be fine. Or what will happen is that eventually, regardless of her doing all of that, Obi-Wan will like save her in some capacity. I hope and they don't do that. That'll be like the reason that like we She's end up a good getting villain. a fight between him and Anakin. And, and then, Vader. Yeah, and then she'll... It cut herself off from the force or whatever. I don't know. I but think she's a good villain. I think she's really good. I really like her. Yeah, but I, I like that's what I said to some people I was talking to. I was like, I, she's gonna get whopped by Vader. No, yeah, she's like I screwed. think she's gonna reveal that she he she knows he's Anakin and he's just gonna wreck her like there, like he's... slash down like in, in Fallen Order. Yeah, like where he just slashes her in the back. That's what I think he's gonna no, do. It's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, like. That's another thing about this show was like a lot more brutal than I like. Oh, it was apparently more brutal on the first script too. I mean, like, cause like I, just one thing in like the first episode that like I was like I didn't expect that at all was when she just like straight up cut off one of their hands. And yeah, I was like, oh, I love that though. They're gonna show that too, and I was like, oh, they haven't done that in a while. Like, yeah, I wonder what else kind of stuff we're gonna get. So I wouldn't exp I wouldn't be. I don't think they're shying away from anything in this. Do you think it? It was a little weird. Not weird, but like. Uh, I don't know the word to use, but when he was fighting the people, like like clotheslining people and stuff, yeah, I was like, it, it's like weird seeing him fight like that, so uncivilized, like you know, like I mean, he would say, yeah, using a blaster like, and stuff. But I guess that's part of it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was just kind of uh, uh, weird to see him fight that way. Yeah, I, like they they did a little one off line explaining why, because like. Leia was like, well, if you have a lightsaber, why don't you use it? Be the little shit that she is in that fucking I mean, episode. it makes sense. That, like, why no, would I know. Yeah. But, like, he's like, 
it's just gonna draw attention. Like I can't use a yeah. lightsaber right now. Everyone will see that I am using a lightsaber, and it's like, okay, you win. <laughs> the other thing people were talking about was you just reminded me with the lightsabers is that he buried his and Anakin's next to each other in the sand. Yeah, and he said to him, he goes. They they went back to episode two where he hands Anakin his lightsaber. He goes, "This weapon's your life. You'll be dead without it." Right. And it's like people are saying like, "Oh, like he couldn't, he couldn't be with his brother, so he he buried them together." I don't know. They right. made he, like a big emotional thing out of he, that. He he's buried his old life. Yeah. Like, like he's no longer like, he's literally no longer Obi Wan. He doesn't have a brother anymore. He doesn't have a life anymore. So he buried that old life and. He quite literally is digging up the past right now, and when by digging up his lightsaber and that little foreshadowing moment we get of him looking at the other lightsaber, yeah. we know that he's digging up his brother too because yeah. he's putting himself in the target, and that's how he knows Anakin's back. And like it's, I think it works really well. The um, did you notice uh with the toy that he got Luke? You remember the like the yes. Owen, Owen throws it up. It's the toy for Episode Four. Oh, is it? You remember when C-3PO is taking the oil bath in A New Hope? Like, in the beginning. They're in the hut, and he's taking, like, the restraining vault off R2, and the message plays. Okay. There's a moment where he's sitting down playing with the ship. That, okay. That he got him. Really cool. That's really uh, it's cute. It's cool. Um, let's talk about Owen. So, like, I know a lot of people are, like, hating on him, but I kind of I kind of feel him. I kind of feel where he's coming from, right? Yeah, I mean, where like, else? Like, keep this kid out of it. Anakin died brutally for all they know. Brutal. Killed right. children, killed friends, you know, brothers, you name it. He, brutal end of his life. So but why would he want the same for Luke? No, I, Exactly. Like, I think that he makes the most sense. And, like, of course, audiences are going to hate him because he's telling Obi-Wan no. And it's yeah. like, you don't do that, dog. Like, you don't get to do <laughs> yeah. that. But, like, I, I don't know. I think he's. I think he's really fun and interesting and like of course he's like the kind of antithesis i guess of like the jedi and all that and i think it creates a weird di an interesting dynamic not weird i want to say but like because of, of course obi-wan is like he's out of it he doesn't want to feel connected to it but at the same time he does feel like this desire to train luke and he still wants to keep that involved and even like owen can see and he's like you're not even into it that much anymore like why you gotta bring the kid into it there's no reason for this and um I don't really remember much about I don't think they really ever go into the relationship they have in any other form of what him and Owen him and Owen like yeah. outside of like this I mean he seemed happy in episode 3 but like that was like 3 seconds <laughs> they had just handed the, Luke, little Luke to you know, him he you also know? just took in his nephew or yeah. so it's like you know step nephew technically step ne whatever you want to call yeah. it but like he just of course he's happy he's a, a son to raise and like it's it's different it's not like it, it's weird but like I think that the idea of them going forward with this and like the relationship that they share I don't know if we'll see it develop and change much I think that ultimately we're gonna see Uncle Owen continue to hate Jedi and resent them and, but I I do think that he, he's, like, an important distinction to create for the characters to at least, like, understand, like, the perspective he would have and, like, why at first he's, like, so protective of Luke in episode four, why he's the way that he is. And, like, I, I think it's really a really good personalization so far. I think he makes... He's the most logical down-to-earth character probably in that show so far. 
Yeah. Like, obviously, you'd want to keep... If that was your kid, you'd want to keep Luke away from it, right? Like, you care for that kid, it's probably the smartest thing to do. As much as, I, you know, we don't want to say that as fans, but... Right. Like, uh, there's no sensible person who's like, you should train this kid to be a knight. And yeah. then, <laughs> then send him out to go fight an intergalactic war as yeah. the only soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he rose Ben. Like, you trained his father. Oh, I yeah. was like, oh, bro. I know people have been memeing that because it was in the trailer. But I was like, whoa, that's brutal, man. Say psych right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's good, a good character in this. I think he's actually going to be a, a, a bigger character in this than what we saw so far. I mean, we saw a lot of, like, the trailer front-loaded, but... I'm all for that. That's fine. Like I'm all for that. I mean, like, even then, there were parts that I was like, I didn't... We didn't know what was going on in the trailer, and, yeah. like... Like, in that roof scene from the trailer that was in the second episode, it was like, you, I would never have even guessed that they were on a different planet. I would have just assumed that they were on Tatooine at, at night. night. Yeah. <laughs> or with the Grand Inquisitor, remember the shot that, like, it's like the slider shot, and it's him, like, with talking to the guy in the yeah. trailer? Like, we thought that was something, like epic face-off but it was him just talking to the raggedy right. bartender like i so i like how they did that they're like for a show that where most people know how it's what's gonna happen they've surprised us no yeah for sure which i'm like, very impressed with um and speaking of the best surprise little leia she, she was, was great so funny. I, I honestly she think so she's funny. my favorite part of the show so far i mean like yeah i think that she's a character that always deserves Leia, a character that always deserves more yeah. screen time. She's always kind of been undersold, but um, it's super interesting to see her in this capacity because she's so like they wrote her so funny and she like, embodies her perfectly. And uh, not only that, but like in like these other things, like I will say, like the dynamic between her and Obi Wan is like perfect because like Obi Wan, we get like this feel for through Clone Wars and through. The prequels, like, he is, like, a generally snarky character. Yeah. And, like, he never really has anyone who matches that energy with him. And now he's got, like, this little ten-year-old who's, like, throwing absolute fire at him right back. And it's just funny seeing him, like, not know how to handle that and kind of being out of his element. And I think that it's, like, a great dynamic they're creating between the two. And um, I think establishing that repertoire between them is, like, really fun and interesting and I think like to be completely honest if they told this exact same story but like Luke got kidnapped I would not be nearly as interested I as agree I, I totally agree if they like had Leia get kidnapped because at least then like they're incorporating this different person we're seeing Alderaan which like was literally just blown up it was Leia. actual cannon fodder yeah. it existed solely to get blown up like before today I mean you bring Bail Organa back in too, who's right. a great character. I love seeing him again. And just some really like really important lines said between these characters. Like when they're arguing in his little hut or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. He goes, But I have to look after the boy. She's important she's just as important as him. Mm -hmm. And he's totally right. Like she is. And I, I love how they're exploring that side of it. Because I've always believed and a lot of people believe, you know, in episode six where Yoda says, No, there is another that he's talking about Leia. Right, and he is, because they all but confirm it in yeah. episode 9. Yeah. Even though we don't talk about that one, like, the, there is that scene of Luke training Leia, and, like, they acknowledge multiple times in the sequels that she's force-sensitive. I mean, she's she super floats. strong with the... She's, 
Superman. Superman. But, uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Um, I loved it, but I love. I would love for her just to be literally like a main character in this. Like, I hope she's in no, I, it for the long run because the kid's great. I think she does such a good job embodying not only Leia but reminding me a lot of Padme, which they also refer to when Obi Wan says, "You the, remind me to someone." See, she he said that, and I was like, I know he's talking about Padme, but he could also be talking about Ahsoka right now. Ahsoka. Well, the other thing. She, well, because like he could be talking about Satine too, which I don't know if you know Satine from the Clone Wars. Well, series, I, I know it's like some his, Mandalorian like, that he was interest. like ooey gooey. Yeah, over, yeah. Because she was a uh, political leader too. So right. I, I I think it, I think it's either one of those two. I think it makes more sense for him to be talking about Padme, but I think it makes more Ahsoka sense for him to talk about Padme. I think Ahsoka because like. I just like the little... I like the idea because it made me feel like Ahsoka when he did, like, that little pause after she asked if she was a Jedi. He's like, no. She's a leader. And um, I think that that's, that's like kind point. of what they established with Ahsoka through the Clone Wars yeah. and all of this other stuff. And, like, this medium of her being, like, I'm not a Jedi. and uh, But she still, like, takes control of situations. She's still, like, in charge. But, like, I also, more than anything, feel like that, like, snarky part of, like, little Leia's personality is so in Ahsoka in, like, everything and yeah, like, i mean well that's why i was gonna get trained by anakin <laughs> well, like yeah but like i think like i think that, that was like the part for me where i was like she reminds me of ahsoka like i get why he would feel that way that's an interesting name to throw in there because i think realistically you you could Padme. make the argument for all three padme yeah. makes the most sense and is the obvious answer yeah but you can make the argument for satine she was a, a leader of mandalore a pacifist you know a, set, mm-hmm. p- p- a politician you but can, of course, you, you like, can make the argument for all three of them. And Ahsoka was a leader, and like you, what you said about the Jedi thing—that's a really good point. Like they really pushed the narrative of Ahsoka not being a Jedi. Right. So for him to pause like that is interesting. See, I, I like that idea. I hope it's that, but also like it makes more sense for him to be like, "You remind me of someone I used to know," because he's talking about his mom, her mom. Yeah. Like, of, like of course, in that context, it's like that makes sense that she's Padme. But, like, the little part of me that, like, loves Ahsoka and Ahsoka in, like, the media that I've seen so far is, like, I'm, I'm cool with pretending, like, that's Ahsoka for my own benefit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because seeing more Leia and more Padme is just completely beneficial to me. Right. Because episode three, I mean, she was barely, like, in it. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No, it's the same thing with Leia, where it's, like, you want more, right? So it's nice to hear a reference to her. It's nice to see Leia as her daughter and as Leia being little Leia acting exactly how you expect Leia to act <laughs> I mean even as how Anakin would act if you want to even compare it to her father like no yeah like she's ex- to me she embodies exactly what Padme and Anakin's kid would be <laughs> you know what I mean yes like she's definitely I don't think Luke was ever like that and like Luke's honestly more like he's not a troublemaker He's like, more like, like she he's is. more like Obi Wan than anyone. Like I feel like, like th- that's almost kind of like not the narrative they're pushing with Obi Wan, but like in general through Star Wars, like when we meet Luke, he's taken in by Obi Wan into like this thing, and Obi Wan's kind of always with him, like as a ghost spiritually, and like I think like in a lot of ways they're very similar characters. I think at his older age, and especially at his more. older age, yeah. he's more like him. Like, I, I think, like, he grows into a character more like Ben, and then Leia grows into a character more like her mom and dad. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, again, part of, like, 
you know how I feel like sometimes about some other things in Star Wars, but to quote George Lucas, it's part of the poetry, it all rhymes, and, like, the idea of it being that, like, Lucas, like, Ben of this trio and Leia is, like, the, the duo of Padme and Anakin is, like, I think very poetic, and it makes sense, and I think, like, to watch them grow into those roles, like, at the same time is, like, really fun and interesting, and I would almost want to see more of them both as kids and i don't want to push it and get too much skywalker stuff but it's it is like a really cool like little nod to that i think and i think that like as you watch the characters develop maybe go back and watch the other movies and i don't know think about that again because i think they're a lot like their characters in that regard i think i would be perfectly okay if we just saw leia i don't really need to see kid luke I don't either. I don't either. We, I'd like the whole story. I feel like is about Luke. You know, I I'd love like to see more. I'd like to. I like Kid Leia. I'd like to see more like Jedi Leia, but I'd also like to see more post-return Luke. Yeah, I'd after, like after see, six, before seven. After six, before seven, give me a little bit of Luke, like actually going around being a Jedi. Man, I, I mean, I we get, get a little that. bit in Mando. But we get a little bit in Mando, but it's not. It's never too. It's a much. nice and look. I I think that like through the stuff in Mando specifically is when he really starts to feel like Obi-Wan when yeah. he's training Grogu yeah. he's being a little bit more fun and playful and I think that that's like the guy who is like very much like a product of Obi-Wan and I think that those things are really cool for me another uh, comparison people were making obviously they can't really make this comparison anymore but do you notice that like episode 7 Rey mm-hmm. and, Lu- uh, and Kenobi were like kind of similar like in in this series you know him making the water with the food uh him sitting on the ledge there, I, there was like oh, a couple like just the mannerism kind yeah of like the mannerism yeah. kind of stuff we're like you know there was always this i was always loved this argument was that was right kenobi you know before these movies came out i like that too and it's like i always liked that theory but it always came down to well then kenobi would have had to break the jedi code but it was just cool, like the skills, yeah, like Jedi the skills back to back, like they were like very similar. Episode seven, Ray and Kenobi in these first two episodes. I, I do think that if any Jedi were to break the code, aside from Anakin, yeah, it would be Kenobi because he was re- taught by Qui Gon, who largely believed the code was wrong. The code was wrong. Yeah. So like, and like, regardless of like how wishy washy and brainwashed like he could have been, like in this time right now that we're watching, it would make sense for him to like break it break it yeah like, <laughs> well the thing with in clone wars with satine his his, his in, love interest mm-hmm. is that he was like basically just to give you some background he was put on assignment to protect her like like anakin was with padme right and that's kind of how they like fell for each other now they never did anything about it like <laughs> padme did <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there's an episode of clone wars where he says to her he goes if you said the word i would have left the order yeah and like that is one of my favorite lines of all of star wars because they hear him of all people say that i was like oh. like right like right. holy shit like but i mean with satine she ended up you know right getting yeah. shish kebabbed by a mall but unfortunately <laughs> but that's a very emotional scene too i mean he's lost so much and here he is still with him you would have to think that if he was to break the code it'd have to be with satine but satine's not even alive anymore at this point so I no, think I, I get that, but uh... y- you know what I mean, though. Like, realistically, like he is someone who I feel like he is capable of human connection. Like, he's not. Yeah, I feel he like... he has human connection with with people. 
just denies it, you know? Like, I mean, look at Anakin. He was way too attached to him if you want to go strictly by the Jedi code. Well, Anakin's a simp, though. I mean, Let's be Ahsoka, <laughs> too. He was attached to Ahsoka. Right. Kenobi. I mean, Satine. He had feelings for Satine. He admitted that. In the, in the books, like the book I'm reading right now, The Dark Disciple, he admits that he's really good friends with Quinlan Vos and, like, has an attachment to him as well. Right. So, you know, you can't suppress these feelings. Like, that's another whole point of the whole Jedi Code and what's wrong with it, is that... You're not human if you're you're not feeling those things. Well, yeah. Human or any life form. You know? <laughs> I should just, just say human because we live in a, in a universe there that where it's not just humans. But yeah, it's a you're whole. You're really uh, isolating your Twilight audience right yeah, now. Yeah, no, my Twi'leks, the Rodians, they're they're, com- they're coming for me, man. The Morans. Um, but yeah, really happy with the first two episodes. What do you think Twilight Twitter's like? I don't want to know. It just sounds like it's rated R. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. It just sounds like it'd be rated R. Twilight Twitter pops off, Yeah, I don't, don't want to know. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else from these two episodes you want to talk about? Not really. I mean, like, I like the cameos that were in it. I thought it was really cool seeing... Uh, so, two cameos that, like, I noticed and I talked about... Um, I didn't talk about it in the episode yet, but with other people is... Um, the Jedi is Benny Safdie, who if you don't know, is the guy, he's one of the two brothers who directed Uncut Gems and wrote Uncut Gems, um, and also, like, this movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson. I just thought that was really cool and fun. He does, like, small acting gigs here and there, but, like, it was fun seeing him. And then the the bounty hunter or whatever who's working for the third sister... The Inquisitor? ...is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, really? Yeah, like, the, the guy who, like, kidnaps Leia at first. Oh really? Like that's that's, that's flea from the bounty hunter. So I was like, you know what? That's kind of like that's really fun. It's funny, like, but like, just all in all, like, just very good episodes. They're really well put together, and I usually don't give Star Wars credit on things like this, <laughs> but like, I do have to say, like, since Mandalorian, this is the first thing that I'm like really excited for the next episode, and I know I'm gonna be watching as it comes out because like, Wednesday it, now. Wednesday now? Yeah, it's not Fridays. Why are they Wednesday. changing it on me? Well, you know what? I get it earlier, but whatever. I just think it's a little weird that they would change it. But either well, way. it's supposed to be Wednesday, and then they pushed it back. But usually the shows are on Wednesday for Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So we're getting another episode soon. At least that's where I saw was that they're going to do Wednesdays. But okay. we'll see. Um, did you know, I actually meant to tell you this, was in episode two where the, the girl's offering him the drugs, the spice, mm-hmm. that's his actual daughter. <laughs> Oh, it's like McGregor's actual you and daughter. McGregor's yeah. daughter. That's funny. Yeah, isn't that funny? Um, I also thought the I forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays the, the green skin Inquisitor, the deep voice. Yeah, he was awesome in it. Like he was he's really he's good. from Rebels, and I thought they like adapted that like perfectly. Like how they like put the bass in his voice and stuff. He did look really so, good too. So cool. Like his mannerisms were perfect. As a Rebels fan, oh, we didn't talk about the Inquisitor. So, in yeah. Rebels, the Inquisitor's alive. So, what does this mean? And, I like, I, my thing was, like, there's no way they would go through all of these hula hoops to keep Clone Wars and Rebels canon and then just blow it like that. So, he yeah. has to either still be alive or it has to be maybe there's another Grand Inquisitor. I think he's probably still alive. Like, listen, he got stabbed straight through the armor. But, like... I mean, I don't Maul, know. Like, hate people, kept Maul alive. Have, Vader's still alive. People have taken a whole lot worse. Than yeah, Star Wars. that's what I was saying. He too. got stabbed in the gut. Like, I'm sure he's fine. Like, 
realistically, like, I think a lot of people might be just, like, have assuming he died, and, like, they never really gave us, like, any confirmation that he is dead dead. Um, if he's not, Third Sister's gonna get in trouble a whole lot faster than... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like, it is weird that they chose to do that, like... I think they did it to, like, shock us. It, it probably is a shock. Us Rebels fans, at least. Yeah, like, but, like, I don't know, maybe there's, like... Star Wars is like I'm trying to trying to be nice here, but all over the place sometimes with like whether it's like is it going to be a cloning thing? Is it gonna, like there's plenty of options, but they go into just about everything you can do except for time travel. <laughs> and in Rebels, they, and in Rebels they, they, they go into they, time they dab travel a little bit. Okay, so like like every single rule that you're uh, not supposed to break when you write something, <laughs> Star Wars goes. But what if we did anyway? Shut up, <laughs> idiot. So like, I mean, Marvel did the same thing. Marvel did do the same thing, but they're very tight with their rules, though. Like they, Marvel comes in and they go like, "These are the rules. These are what we will write in. We're not changing the rules. <laughs> These are the rules." But like, you know, like Star Wars will change the rules sometimes to be able to like make certain things work. But like, they're also going through like a growing pain thing right now where they're trying to make things make sense that weren't necessarily intended to make sense as part of like this greater universe yeah. thing. So, um, I, I forgive it for it, but at the same time, it's like, there are plenty of options that they can use to make the Grand Inquisitor come back. So, honestly, as a viewer, as much as I want to be like, well, it's going to be that he was just stabbed and he's fine, or, well, he's just a clone, or whatever, it's not even worth guessing. I hope they don't do the clone thing. I hope so. I didn't even think about that. I hope they don't do the clone thing. I think his hate's just going to keep him alive. Yeah, what's like, going like to happen is actually Oscar Isaac's going to come back for an episode, <laughs> oh, okay. and he's going to go... Somehow the Inquisitor returned, <laughs> and then he's gonna walk away, and he's never back again. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> that line. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for episode three. I guess that was my only concern with it was, what the hell's gonna happen with the Grand Inquisitor? But I'm I'm confident they're not gonna like write off Rebels or anything drastic like that because it wouldn't make sense with the Ahsoka series coming out and stuff. They also went through so much effort to incorporate Rebels. I know. Like, I know. That's why it wouldn't make sense. People are like, "Oh, like Rebels is gonna get on canon." I was like, "It would make they would have wasted so much of their time and effort, right? Just to buy one lightsaber stab to ruin it. Like it, it just it wouldn't make sense to me." Um, I'm thinking about doing the uh, the uh, Kenobi look. I think I'll just grow out the hair. Grow you gonna the, do it again? Grow out the beard again? You're gonna go for it? Should I do him for Halloween this year? I, I gotta again? start getting bro. Ready. You already did it, Kenobi. I, I gotta start getting ready now. But this is Kenobi, Kenobi, not Episode Three, Kenobi. He's more, ra- he's more raggedy looking. Honestly, if it's more because he's more raggedy looking, it might be better for you anyway. <laughs> so, I, I who did I? I said I think my my dad. I was like, yeah, like should I grow out my hair like that? Do my beard? He goes, oh, you want to look homeless? I was like, he doesn't look homeless. <laughs> or how about the old joke that Leia gave him? Right, that was funny. That was maybe my grandpa. I was like, jeez. <laughs> like, I was like, Bail Organa looks just as old. What are you? Come on. <laughs> Bail looks older, bro. You leave my man Ewan alone, bro. <laughs> like, but that was that was good. And you know what? I do think like they did like make him. He does look like old enough for it to make sense. Like, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about it. Like, I just know it was a thing. You definitely, definitely don't age well in the desert. Like, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> you think like he at at some point he's gonna get like Sith electrocuted and it's gonna age him? No, I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I don't think they'd do that because I don't think I realistically don't think he's gonna fight. Does the Inquisitor use? 
Will electricity Not powers? that I know of, no. Okay, then Should, I don't she think... She shouldn't, at least. I don't think he's going to fight anyone that uses electricity powers. Unless if, the Palpatine comes in somehow. If we see the Emperor in this show, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I just want, Even if he's just talking to Vader? If he's talking to Vader, that's one thing. I don't care. You don't want to see him in action. If I see him in action, I'm yeah. going to be upset. Like, I want to... It shouldn't be about the Emperor. It's never been about the Emperor. It, it should be about him and Anakin. Or Darth Vader. Also, I mean... You forget, like, the realization that he doesn't know he's alive. Like, that totally flew my mind, too. Right. Like, I'm watching these first two episodes thinking that he knows he turned into Darth Vader. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, he doesn't. When she says that, and he goes, Anakin. I'm like, holy shit. I, for- I forgot he, like, thinks for these last ten years that he killed Anakin. That right. there isn't a Darth Vader. Because he's on the outer rim. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. So, like, that whole realization was very, uh, very sad, too. It was also really well done. Like, yeah. on screen. I think... I think I'm I'm gonna lose my thought here like I'm just excited to see what they do with that and like the idea of that because I think like what they're implying like immediately when he says Anakin at the end is that he could feel him in the force now and and then they cut to the shot of him opening his eyes I don't don't, maybe I still think he's got some problems he's gotta deal with the force no, but I feel like Anakin being how strong he is in the Force, like, there has to be something happening for him, his, like, it to be suppressed, but then for him to know, like, their connection is brothers, and, like, like, look, I know you don't want to say, Star Wars can be very corny with, like, love and, like, oh, brotherhood and absolutely. family stuff. absolutely, have you seen episode so, like, two? I, it's very corny. <laughs> I'm gonna just say straight up, like, there's no way that, like, they're not gonna, like, the answer for that wouldn't be, like, well, you've had a long-term Force connection. And then they just kind of, like, use that to be, like, you guys clearly are connected in some way. You think they're going to force FaceTime? I don't think they're going to force FaceTime, because that's, like, a a special thing for dyads. But um, I think, like, I do think, like... Maybe talk. We might get... So you know how, like, Luke projects to... Yeah. To to fight Kylo? I think we could see maybe really Obi- i think maybe we could see obi-wan reconnect with the force by projecting to him i mean that would it killed luke though yeah well obi-wan's built different though. oh okay oh, all right well, like uh, well, uh, we'll see though well the, it I mean, also people think they're luke gonna get because, a re- they're gonna get a rematch so well that's what i'm th- i'm thinking that it doesn't make sense for them to physically fight in person so i think maybe if he were projecting to him well it kind of does because in episode four he says to him at first but I like was, i mean he could have been referring to episode three but there very well could have been another fight in between. The no. way they talk to each other on the Death Star in Episode Four, before they fight. I, I, I agree, but what I'm gonna say is that it it, it just has to take place somewhere other than tattooing. Yeah, because oh, oh, I totally agree. Like because because like, like you're talking about them connecting. I'm like, well, if he knows he's alive, like he's not gonna stop until he finds him. Right, like, right. He can't know he's on Tatooine. But that's the th- like that's the thing, like, because like you've seen like the title picture for like the Obi Wan show when you pull it up on Disney Plus, it's the red lightsaber on a desert planet, and you see Obi Wan in the background. Yeah, <laughs> like the implication is that that's where it's taking place in their promo stuff, which doesn't mean anything. Could be the Inquisitor. Could yeah. be anything. Yeah, but like, nah, it's not the Inquisitor, bro. Come on. It's, they show the full lightsaber hilt, bro. Come on. I, we'll see, but, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with I that. I think, for me, like, if they were to fight on Tatooine, there would be 
you you got to jump through a whole lot of hoops to explain why he doesn't yeah. just go and kill Luke instantly there, dog. Like, yeah. And, like, I don't know, it's it's. Well, I don't think he ever wanted to kill Luke, like, from the start. That once he knew he was his son. Does he know at this point that it's his son? No, but, like, if they were to connect, I think he might have been able to figure it out. Right. You think or at least he, use him as an inquisitor. Do you think their fight will end in a draw? As a kid? No. <laughs> no. No, I'm talking about Darth Vader oh, and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And like, well, actually, it's either going to be a draw or, or Obi Wan's going to win. Well, yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, like, but not kill him. He's not going to have the heart to kill him. He can't do it twice. That's what I, I think might happen. Because I can't kill you again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe something like that happens. Another thing we didn't talk about. Sorry to change the subject. You're fine. The clone. How cool is that? Seeing him. That was pretty cool. Veteran. I did like that. Now I know that not only on Earth but everywhere else they don't treat their veterans right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. But uh, you know, but like, <laughs> my my mind goes like, who is that? Is it is it uh, Jesse? Is it you know? I'd start listening. We're in the blue. These clones. He's wearing the five hundred first. Yeah. So, love seeing that. I thought that was a really cool way of incorporating you know a clone into it. Him. But also like a great way of like giving him some trauma real quick. Like, yeah. Like that's. Do you think he realized that was Obi Wan? No. He's he was five hundred first. Well, I think. I think no, too, but people did bring up that argument. I think, like, the if he did recognize him, wouldn't, like, a kill drive just, like, initiate in his clone brain? Well, the chips are... They're just... They're no more at this they're point. They're toasted by yeah, now? Yeah, they're toasted. Okay. I mean, you gotta think, like... Because the clones did it with under the... You gotta think, like, why did I do that? Oh, there's a chip, and they went... And most of them probably got it removed. Or, you know, he just deactivated right. the chips because he didn't need them anymore. That makes but, sense. But, um... I think we might see... My bold prediction for next episode is I think Cody's going to be in it. Really? Because remember he said... Uh, uh, what did you think about the, the... I don't know the actor's name, but the character who was faking, pretending to be a Jedi? Kumail Nanjiani. Did you like his character? I thought he was funny. Yeah, he's, love, he's always funny. I love Kumail Nanjiani. I think he's great in everything he does. Um, his character was like... I wasn't, like, a huge fan of him. I wasn't, like... I'm not gonna go out to bat for him. Yeah. It's one of the best characters Star Wars has ever done. But it's something Star Wars has never done before, and I did like the implication of there being people out there who are pretending it. to be yeah. Jedi no, so that, like, they could get, like, some celebrity they or didn't some really money. They explain, like, why he was so... for helping Kenobi, and then why the Inquisitor didn't just kill him. That's the only things I didn't get. Well, so... I think... What's most likely happening there is that, like... He's a fun character, and they're probably just leaving the door open for him being back in more. Yeah. Um, he's probably for helping Kenobi because he's a legendary Jedi. Like, there, there's not really you don't at, at some point with like people going to bat for Obi Wan, like you don't really need to justify it anymore. Yeah, because okay. like they've Fair already enough. established him in like this world as like someone who's going out and trying to like do the right thing. Um, and like that that's just who he is that's the character we know so it, it totally makes sense for him to just kind of go out to bat for him and i think like we're going to see that progressively happen more and like maybe it'll help his cynicism we'll see him meet other people on other planets who are like there for him in some way shape or form cody i don't think so i because like he says like take the ship when you land someone will be there to help you or is it something along those lines i think it's gonna be cody I'm trying to think. And everyone's going to be shocked. It's up. Listen, you know me. People listening know me. I 
I'm all for the hot takes. I don't take the easy, easy. No, I'm parlaying. I'm take. I'm just a hot take. The <laughs> long stretch, the dark horse, whatever you want to call it. That's what I do. I predicted Mace for Mando, and I knew I was probably gonna be wrong, and I was. I think Cody's gonna show up next episode and help him. But like, I'm just trying to think of like who this kid would be connect. I think more likely than not, Kumail Nanjiani is sending him to one of the Jedi who escaped from Order sixty six. Really? That we see in the beginning of the show. I mean, I think that, that, op- that see- opens up a list of. <laughs> well, but like, I'm saying like. We see those six kids at the beginning. Yeah. Your guess is that one of them is the third Inquisitor. My guess is the other five died. My guess is that one of them will be there to help him. And that's how he will learn how more about the third Inquisitor. And we'll get her backstory while she's getting tortured for whatever she knows about Anakin. Mm-hmm. I think they could go a couple ways with it. They could they could use a Force user. They could not use a Force user. Could be Ahsoka. I hope it's not. <laughs> I kind of don't want to see Ahsoka in this show, to be honest with you. I, neither do I. Like, I kind of, like... I don't think we need to see their live-action connection, because, like, to be completely honest, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka work really well in the cartoon. They're, I mean, they're really good friends, too. It's not, they're like, really they're, good it's not like they're not close. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, But they work really well together in the cartoon. If they don't get it perfect in the live-action really dedicated fans not people like myself but really dedicated fans are gonna tear the show apart yeah I, so like don't I even don't bother taking the risk keep focusing on obi-wan i don't mind if they're introducing these new little jedi here and there if it means not taking like huge characters and dragging them in or like you know characters that are getting used elsewhere like don't don't bother keep it short simple focus on obi-wan don't like because like if they introduce ahsoka here then it's gonna be like why, why she should come back she should help Luke come yeah. on like well she's in you know she's in Rebels and is helping that crew out right but, um, but like again. there's also like you know you have guys like Quinlan Boss who might show up um if you haven't seen Clone Wars so you probably wouldn't know him not really but no. like he's got maybe you've seen a picture where he's got like the yellow tattoo going across his face maybe he's like he's an interesting character okay he's like uh he's like a rogue jedi like they sent undercover like he mm-hmm. was an undercover guy um in the book i'm reading he went to try to go assassinate count dooku did not work um but he's like he has this power too where, where he touches things he can like see and feel them kind of like cal yeah, they, they they give a name for it it starts with a p um but uh yeah, Quinlan Vos is another character that's supposedly alive, that we think. But um, he would be interesting, too, if he showed up on the other side, because he was good friends with Kenobi in Clone Wars. Okay. I mean, I guess it's if he's already established to have survived, then I guess like those characters are possible to see in live action. Who would you want to play Quinlan Vos, though? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, it had to be someone... He's, like, witty. He's, uh... I don't know how, to, like, how else to explain him. But he has this whole thing with the Dark Disciple where he he actually teams up with Ventress to try to assassinate Dooku. And he uh, gets turned for a little bit, but then he comes back. Like, I'm not finished with the book yet. I'm just at the end. Okay. But um, he's a really interesting character because he's not like your typical Jedi. Like, he drinks, gambles, smokes. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? So, like, like if you were a Jedi. Yeah, he's more like, like a... <laughs> no. He's more like if... <laughs> Uh, like, like if you told me he was trained by Qui Gon, I'd believe you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, 
don't screw the order. I'm doing what I think is right with the force. I get more of that vibe, even though he was born and raised in the temple. But I'm not gonna get too much into Quinlan until something actually happens. Until I see that yellow tattoo. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got, Billy. You got anything else you want to add for these two episodes? No, I think I'm more than happy with like what I've said. I'm. I, I again, I'm just really excited for the show and to see where it goes in the future. I think they've got a really good precedent established for the next few episodes there's six total episodes six so well mcgregor also said in an interview i'm really excited for you guys to see episode seven eight nine i was like <laughs> wait 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 whoa, 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 hey, yo. I, I don't think it meant anything but no i think i'm keeping that in the back of my head he's definitely just playing around messing with people but you know who knows he loves playing the character clearly and like they're doing such a great job with it so I just want to see how these next few episodes go, and if they keep on the trajectory that they set themselves on early on, it's going to be a great show. Did you see what uh, Hayden Christensen said at the Star Wars Celebration event? No, the what premiere he said. came out. They're like, like, I forget the question they asked him. They're like, hey, like, what do you think? Or like, so soon from the premiere, what do you think? What do you want to say to the fans? He goes, "This is where the fun begins," and everyone just went fucking crazy at the celebration, dude. It was awesome. Um, you know what, I, I Hayden. Cr- don't think he's a great actor but he's so good for star wars as a community like he's so good to the fans all the time even though he didn't get and any of that treatment no respect. Back. yeah now he does but but like he's very good to fans and like the culture of star wars and all of that so good on hayden christensen i'm excited to see him back as darth vader that'll be really fun yeah so we we shall see i will be Staying up till I hope they do the midnight thing again, but otherwise I'm gonna have to stay up until three on Wednesday, and work's not gonna really enjoy that Thursday when I come in, not so attentive and weak. But we shall see. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Billy, for joining me on the season three premiere. No problem. Um, and we'll talk to you guys hopefully next week uh, with the next episode of Kenobi. Until then. May the force be with you.